is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League, the WHL Broadcast Partners, and Bauer Hockey. Here's your host, John Keane. And welcome to the show, and welcome back from an unprecedented offseason. Yes, the WHL is back, and we have a great show ahead to kick off the season in moments. WHL Commissioner Ron Robinson joins us with the final jurisdiction of BC gaining approval, setting the stage for all four divisions to get on the ice for a shortened season. Hey, what a weekend for Bob Ridley, the longtime voice of the Medicine Hat Tigers. Longevity was honored in a couple of different ways. Rids will stop by for a visit. And Edmonton Oil Kings forward Dylan Gunther kicked off the new season in style. The journey rewards WHL Player of the Week. He'll close out the show. First up. After over 11 months, hockey returned in the WHL, and it's soon to be across the league. I spoke with Commissioner Ron Robison. Well, first of all, it's a privilege to play this season, and I think uh, I'm, I'm sure the players are very relieved. We're all very relieved to be in the position to have all four divisions in the Western Hockey League, including the BC division, going. And I want to really express our appreciation to the provincial health authorities and uh, all of the good work that was done in, in conjunction with us in terms of coming to this point where they had confidence in our protocols to move forward. It's all about the health and safety of the players and the communities that we play in, and I think that the plan we put together was was well received and uh, but we do consider it a privilege to play and we're certainly looking forward to getting back on ice real soon all right saskatchewan and manitoba starting here next week a schedule uh, was out here so that's always a great sign to have a schedule how's the prep going in regina to host the seven teams there it's going very well. As you can appreciate, uh, with seven teams in one location and one facility, it's a major challenge logistically, but we're putting all that together. The teams have been very good to work with. Uh, I think everybody understands, first and foremost, that the protocols are extremely important to um, comply with on a day-to-day basis. The, the teams are all housed at the University of Regina. The, the Brand Center in Regina, of course, has hosted Memorial Cups and other major events in the past, so it's equipped to host that number of teams. So we're, again, looking forward to uh, getting uh, the dropped and, uh, and and the game's underway and uh, but uh, Regina will be an excellent host. Now the other side of this is that you're not only dealing with uh, Western Canada but also the U.S. and you will have the U.S. division starting March 19th here. Tell us how the plans came together to have the five teams uh, start play here in two weeks. Well again all of this was really uh, uh, critical for us to get the cooperation from the health authorities and and we were fortunate in Washington State where a task force was put in place as we were in the other provinces as well to um, get the approvals we needed. So we're fortunate there. Instead of a hub, which we'll have in both BC and in the East Division, we'll have a regular travel schedule. So the teams will be based out of their own centers and traveling. Uh, and uh, of course, there will be some stepped up uh, protocols required for all of that uh, to take place. I mentioned fans here, uh, and, and we sure hope that they're back soon because they really add to it and uh, are vital. And, you know, fan bases across the league are, are wondering the question here. Uh, I'm not sure if you're following the vaccine rollout, but it seems to be going a lot better than the initial timelines here, bumping up some timelines. Uh, for example, BC expects uh, full vaccination perhaps by July here. Are we anticipating fans? Is the league planning for a return of fans in the fall? Well, we're certainly hoping that that's going to be the case uh, as a league, which is entirely dependent upon ticket revenue and uh, sponsorships. Uh, we require fans in the, in the building, and, and um, that'll be a next part of our discussions with the health authorities and, and what that will look like. I think it's a little premature to have those discussions now, obviously, but as we get closer, we'll uh, be um, certainly interested in uh, maximizing uh, capacity for next season. 
You bring up funding, and uh, you've already had some partnerships here with some uh, provincial jurisdictions. Uh, we've seen the funding in Saskatchewan uh, come out, and uh, a new program launching here uh, imminently, the uh, REMAX Western Canada Jackpots for Junior Hockey Lottery here in Alberta. And we all know how uh, we saw Alberta... Uh, take part and and really jump on board those world junior uh, virtual lotteries here. So let's take us through the process of, of this and what it's all about and uh, the program. Well, in each uh, province, uh, we've been working with the provincial governments, not only on return to play, but for some financial support for the teams. And the Saskatchewan and Alberta governments have led the way and have been very supportive. We're hopeful that BC and Manitoba will follow suit uh, soon, uh, as the teams are in a very difficult position to fund this particular season without any uh, ticket revenue or sponsorship revenue is extremely difficult on our team. So we need to have some funding in order to sustain our franchise and move it forward. As by unique part of the Alberta support is a 50-50 lottery partnership, which is a provincial-wide initiative, a joint initiative of the Alberta Junior League and the Western Hockey League, and uh, that gets kicked off this weekend. So we're very excited about that, and and uh, we hope that uh, communities across the province will get behind our teams and uh, support us uh, to the full extent. It uh, seems, Ron, that you know the ownership groups across the WHL stepped up, what, maybe two months ago there was an important meeting held to say that, yeah, we want to move forward fans or not, uh, that we need to have a developmental season here. Uh, the ownership groups across the WHL here, uh, how important was it for them to basically say, hey, you know what, we want to play and we're going to find a way? Well, it's been a very difficult season on everyone. The players have been extremely patient and waiting for this opportunity, And but really all the credit goes to our ownership. Uh, they're the ones who have made the commitment to deliver a season for the players. Uh, they've recognized that uh, first and foremost, we're a development league, and and players need to be served at this age for their development to get to the next step in their in their uh, hockey careers. And and so, consequently, our owners, uh, despite some very difficult circumstances, stepped up to make it work. And and um, but we're looking forward to getting the players back on ice. I know they are as well, and uh, and our communities are very excited at the same time. Well, puck down in Alberta, puck down soon in Saskatchewan, and following in uh, Washington State and B.C. It's been an off-season like no other, and a year like no other, and I think, yeah, you mentioned it earlier, throw away this year's protocol, hopefully, for the future. Uh, Great job quarterbacking this, Commissioner, and getting this all together. Thanks very much, John. This is the WHL This Week, presented by Bauer Hockey. 4,000 games, a feat that will likely remain untouched all time. Longtime voice of the Medicine Hat Tigers, Bob Ridley, reached that milestone in the broadcast booth last Saturday and also received a newly created award in his namesake. I spoke with him this week. I'm not sure what to say, Rids, because uh, everything has been said, but I, I guess I'll start with congratulations, first of all. And I know being the humble guy you are, this is something that, hey, you know what, it's probably... A little overwhelming, but probably nice to get a bit of recognition now and then. Well, yeah, like you said, uh, John, totally overwhelming. Not expected whatsoever uh, as far as the uh, uh, award of excellence is concerned. I think that is just uh, so fantastic. And, uh, you know, I just hope I can represent the Western Hockey League the right way because there's just so many uh, media people that deserve a lot of recognition. And uh, Having my name tagged to that particular award, I think, is just fantastic. And like I said, it's uh, it's overwhelming, and it's something that, um, you know, I endeavor to uh, uh, try to do a good job with. So um, all in all, that with the 4,000th uh, game that I called on Saturday night, it's uh, a pretty special time for me, there's no doubt. 
you know, talk about having to wait this out. Not that, you know, you're anticipating too much, but, you know, we, we pause or the uh, Central Division pauses for nearly 11 months. You're, you're two games away back in March of 2020. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, this probably tests a guy here when, you know, you sit at 3998 here for, for nearly 11 months. Well, to test your patience, there's no doubt. And, uh, yeah, 11 months, that was a long time when it comes to, us radio guys, especially those of us that uh, do play-by-play, John, and you know that uh, as much as I do, because you kind of prepare uh, for the uh, next season uh, throughout the course of the summer months. So, yeah, it uh, tested the patience, and I just wasn't sure if, uh, you know, we were going to get back playing again this year or not. So, you know, it's good that uh, we are starting to play some hockey right now, and even though it's either in a bubble or it's in a situation that's uh, not – uh, the way we really like it as far as broadcasters are concerned, but they are dropping the puck here in the Central Division, and it's all good. You know, full disclosure, and I think I've told you this before, but uh, 20 years ago when I was trying to break into the Western Hockey League, I looked at, you know, potential jobs in the future where, because these jobs don't come around all that often, so I was thinking, okay, well, where will somebody might be retiring soon? And I thought, oh, Bob Ridley, probably, you know, he might retire here in the next year or two, and maybe I can uh, try to apply to go to be in Medicine Hat. And that that was 20 years ago, Rid. So so uh, I, I think that you're not, you're still going here. That's awesome. And uh, boy, the long Longevity here is just amazing. I guess I kind of fooled you a little bit, didn't I, John? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> One thing we do have in common now, you got your start uh, in Swift Current, a great place to uh, broadcast hockey from. And I did too, way, way, way back in the day. And, uh, you know, I, I think very fondly of my time uh, in Swift Current, and, uh, and I'm sure you do as well. And now you're doing such a great job uh, there in Kamloops. So, uh, you know, uh, things kind of happen. There's just a way that. Uh, and it all seems to happen for the best, so uh, you keep up the good work there in Kamloops. <laughs> uh, well, Rids, the other aspect of this whole uh, weekend and 4,000th game was the WHL came to you and said, we want to name a Media Excellence Award in your namesake, and we want you to be the first to receive it here. What was your reaction when uh, the WHL commissioner came to you with that? Totally dumbfounded, John, is something I never expected. Uh, you know, you work game after game, year after year, and so on, and because you love it, uh, you don't expect any plaudits or accolades or, uh, like, I'm the winner. I'm the one that's uh, done all this and uh, enjoyed every minute of it, and I certainly did not expect to have uh, an award named after myself. Uh, greatly appreciated, and, uh, you know, like I said, I'll do the best I can to um, come up with uh, a media guy each and every year, and I know I'll have some people helping me out with that. And uh, I just think it's great because there are so many good media people talking about uh, writers, talking about broadcasters and everything else that deserve some recognition. It, it's time that they get that, and uh, we're going to do it. So, you know, it's, it's marvelous just to be a part of this whole thing. 4,000 games, that'll be something that will will never be caught. Uh, You've been at it for over 50 years now. And you look at the next guy in the Western Hockey League, I'm not sure if the next person has 2,000 games here. So how did you do it? Uh, That's my question here. How did you pull this off? I mean, it is an amazing feat. Well, I had a lot of help. Uh, Number one, uh, the Chad Radio, uh, they put me in place to do the uh, play-by-play way back in 1970. And of course, the Medicine Hat Tigers, uh, they jumped on board at that particular time, too. I was kind of a, a built-in play-by-play guy because I was broadcasting senior hockey rate in Medicine Hat 
uh, a couple of years prior to that. So it, it just happened to be a good fit, John, and it fell together by accident more than anything else. And I uh, certainly fell in love with uh, major junior hockey and, and all the players that came through here, like so many friends I've met and uh, over the years, we've graduated something like 900 uh, players uh, out of the uh, medicine hat here. And uh, I remember fondly most of those guys and, uh, you know, but that's how I did it. It's the young guys coming up through the ranks, watching them develop it. Kind of keeps you going from year to year. And uh, that's uh, probably the main reason, just the people involved. And not only with the Medicine Tigers, but indeed the Western Hockey League. This is a great league, and it's something we should all be proud of in having the ability to work in this league. So uh, that's certainly what keeps me going year after year. I second that, Bob. And uh, coming from you here, it's it's great to hear that uh, you know you've put in your time. You you know the ins and the outs, and you uh, have seen it all in your time. Uh, I want to just extend another congratulations on behalf of everyone uh, here that we work with, uh, and the other broadcasters across the WHL as well. It's just a, a momentous feat and a momentous occasion here for you to celebrate four thousand games and also uh, be the namesake of a new uh, media award across the WHL. So so Rids, appreciate you spending some time. Look forward to when the divisions crossover and we can once again have a laugh in the press box here once again thanks a lot always a pleasure talking with you john and uh, keep up the good work with uh, the western hockey league this week you do a bang-up job the western hockey league player of the week a pair of edmonton oil kings were honored after opening weekend sebastian kosa named the whl goaltender of the week posting two wins and a 1.50 goals against average up front, Dylan Gunther collected eight points in a pair of games. He's the Journey Rewards WHL Player of the Week. Voice of the Oil Kings, Andrew Peard, has more with the 2021 NHL Draft Top Prospect. Joined now by Edmonton Oil Kings forward Dylan Gunther, who is also the reigning WHL Rookie of the Year and the reigning WHL Player of the Week. And we'll start right there, Dylan. Um, <laughs> two games, four points in each of them. What was going so right for you over the weekend? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, our line and team as a whole were just firing on all cylinders. I think uh, we had a good couple weeks in training camp uh, leading up to that game. And, you know, we came in prepared and, uh, you know, ready to play. So, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend, uh, yeah, for both uh, all the individuals on the team and uh, the team itself. You know, heading into this year, you had the familiarity with Jake Neighbors, but you get a new centerman in Kate Oliver, um, who also had a big weekend. Maybe just kind of speak to uh, to the work uh, Kate put in to, to kind of get up to speed with you and Jake. I know he's a great player. I think uh, as soon as I I came here and saw him, I could see that he works uh, extremely hard and uh, is always looking to find ways to get better and improve his game. So, I mean, uh, yeah, every every player in the locker room does that here, and that was a great addition to the team. And, yeah, I know I like the way he plays. I think, uh, yeah, he works hard, and, uh, yeah, he fits right in uh, with me and Jake. So obviously a big year for you, Dylan, being your, your NHL draft year. And um, I, I know it was tough trying to prepare for a season like this when really you didn't know when it was going to start. You did get some games in with the Shirt Park Crusaders, but maybe just take me through the last few months of trying to make sure that you were up to speed when the season did start. Yeah, no, it's tough. Just uh, not that not only I'm not playing, but other guys are playing and uh, you kind of see that. But, you know, I learned to just uh, control what I can control and just continue to better myself. I think uh, there's definitely a little bit of, of adversity, not only with just playing, but the rinks being closed in Alberta. So I had to uh, find ways to get better uh, on the outdoor rink and uh, my house. So I continue to do that for uh, probably two months. And uh, yeah, you know, I worked extremely hard and put myself in a good position heading into uh, the season. We don't really know when the NHL draft is going to be. Is that something that, that weighs on you at all, Dylan? Or is it a matter of, hey, when they do it, they do it? 
No, I think it's just when they do it, they do it. I think for me, I just got to go out there and play my game and play the right way. And, uh, you know, things will fall into place. Uh, going through this year, how nice is it to have guys like Jake Neighbors, who was just recently a first-round draft pick, and, of course, Matthew Robertson from a couple years ago being a second-round draft pick? Yeah, it's great not only to uh, to talk to them about it, which, I mean, we don't do a whole lot, but just to kind of see how they handle themselves, uh, you know, off the ice and uh, with the media. I think Jake, uh, I, lo- I watched a lot of his interviews, and he did a great job, so I can kind of uh, pick up on some things there and uh, – yeah, you know, just how they handle themselves off the ice. I think they had them handle themselves like pros, and uh, you know, they're always on time for places and uh, and looking sharp, and they're uh, they're working their hardest every single practice and looking to get better, which is something that uh, you have to do to get to the next level. Finally, Dylan, maybe just provide me with sort of a, an overlook of of what the team is um, you know expecting over the course of this this condensed schedule. Um, obviously, it looks like you guys are are raring to compete. Yeah, no, I think we came here uh, with a mindset and we want to win, so. Uh, you know, so we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna try to win every single game, and I think uh, for us, uh, we just need to continue to get better and buy into the system every day uh, for us to uh, keep moving forward and uh, towards that goal. Well, thanks for this, Dylan, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Awesome, thank you so much. Hey, that's the show. Big thanks to Andrew in Edmonton for his help. It'll be an interesting year with interviews conducted virtually across the WHL. And I thank all our broadcast partners for that. It is great to be back. I'm John Key, and thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of the Western Hockey League in cooperation with the WHL broadcast partners and Bauer Hockey.